The start order is 17423985. The Extra Lap RC Podcast. Welcome to the Extra Lap RC Podcast. My name's Aidan Burke, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Joey Cockhill. How are you doing, Joey? Hi, I'm all right. How are you? I'm good, mate. And our good friend, first time 180 Buggy National A finalist, Martin Owen. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. You're okay, that's mate. Not gonna, that's, that's not going to get boring real fast, listening to you say that. I didn't say it. <laughs> no, I'm talking about Aiden. T- Martin's too nice. He wouldn't say it, mate, but we should say it constantly. Uh, and we'll probably chat. We definitely will chat about your uh, one day experiences um, at, at the end. But we have got a guest to come straight on. Uh, so, who are we going to speak to today, Martin? So, today we have someone with plenty of character. We have Joe Bornhorse. Hi, Joe. Are you there? Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Mate, I'm great. And have we still got the other two? Yep. Always perfect. So, um, so Joe Bornhorst, techno RC pro driver, straight back from the PNB. Um, have you had any sleep yet? Yeah, uh, I got home yesterday about 5 p.m. I uh, drove straight through and then uh, basically got home and fell straight asleep and got up and ate some dinner and went back to sleep for another about 10 hours. I think I'm feeling pretty good today. <laughs> um, you know. Obviously, we don't have we have DXR, but even DXR is not like a PNB with um, the, the sort of the length of time that these days go on for. It, you know, do you enjoy yourself at those things? Is this your that's like your job? Twenty four hours practice? Do you just go yay? Uh, yeah, I mean, you just have to go into it with a mindset of you know, kind of pacing yourself and getting sleep when you can, and uh, kind of just having a plan going into it. So. Uh, what we did, um, we we got up early and started practicing right at right at 6 a.m. and went, then we practiced till just about a normal time, um, you know, that evening. Went back and got some good sleep, uh, and then showed up ready for qualifying. Um, we had a, a long break in between our runs and qualifying because there were so many heats. We had probably about eight hours in between our two runs um, because there at that race. Um, they group so we run three pro classes: e buggy, nitro buggy, and nitro truggy. Uh, they group them decently close together so that you know you kind of just get all your stuff ready. You run, 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 and then you have a long break. Um, so in between our our qualifying rounds, I went back and um, you know took a nice nap and went back to the hotel, took a shower, and uh, kind of just like reset myself because it was such a long day. And then uh, <clears throat> came back and got ready for my my second round of qualifying, and then. Uh, right after we were done with that, went back to the hotel, got some sleep, and uh, yeah, I got ready for main day. But that, yeah. that race is definitely just all about pacing yourself and getting sleep when you can and not trying to uh, you know, run yourself down too early. I, I, get, I get itchy waiting an hour between runs. Like, imagine eight hours at a national. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's pretty tricky with the track because obviously it changes quite a bit. Uh, they may water, it may dry out. Um, so you kind of got to you know, have a bunch of tire options ready and um, pay attention to what the grip level is on the track because it's definitely going to change over that time. So um, just pay attention to stuff. Be ready for your, your runs whenever they do come and yeah, just pace yourself is the biggest thing. We had, um, we had Darren Bloomfield on last week. Um, 
And he was saying in his in his earlier years, he used to just constantly watch the track and, and never worry about maintaining his car because he had people to do it for him. Is it something you you find that you you have to again constantly concentrate on the track and be in in the in the know, as it were? Yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely a big thing, uh, especially with the eight scale races. There's so much change that goes into the track from the beginning of qualifying to the track then breaking or the beginning of practice to so the track being green. You know, usually low grip, no bumps. Um, then, and even by the end of practice, the you know grip usually comes up, and then pay attention when they're going to water. Try to know ahead of time what the water schedule is. Um, I mean, eight scale is all about you know setup and tires, so uh, having a bunch of tire options ready and and just kind of paying attention to that thing, that kind of thing. And then uh, I do a lot of work in my own cars. I have Matt Walter, the techno team manager, there to help me out with a lot of stuff. So. Uh, that that's a big help with the races, but you know it's just kind of you got to juggle everything. You know, having your cars ready, having your tires ready, and watching the track, and just kind of be prepared for whatever comes up. Wow. So, do you like? Did you say at the beginning of the sort of? Did you have like a? Do you have like an hour of activity where you do e buggy, nitro buggy, and truggy, and then like seven hours off? Yeah, so at that race, uh, you know, it's such a long qualifying day. I think the, the qualifying day started at 6.30 a.m. And then uh, the last race, I think, ended around 4, 4.30 a.m. Right. Um, so it was about, you know, what, a 22-hour qualifying day. Uh, so rather than, you know, having us spread out to, you know, one run every two, two and a half, three hours, whatever it would be, um, they they can combine all the pro classes, all the intermediate classes, and all the sportsman classes, so that you know technically, you know if, if you're running one sportsman class, you'll be running the other sportsman classes, one pro class, the other pro classes, and so on. Um, so they combine all the skill level classes, so that you basically you'll run your three classes within say like a twelve to fifteen race span. Yeah. Um, so you'll basically you'll run. Marshall have maybe two races, run again, Marshall, two races, so on. So and then because of that, then you have a big long break that you can, you know, go sleep or you have a long time to prep your cars or whatever. Uh, you're not basically married to the building the whole entire day. And then is that your tip for the top? So if you know the world was less crazy and next year me, Joey and Martin He'd obviously be an e-buggy specialist now. Came over to America. Is that the way you'd uh, tell us to do that? Get your races over and then feck off back to the hotel for six hours? Yeah, I mean, it's, like I said, the, the PNB, it's really easy to, you know, get really excited and, um, you know, want to be there the whole time and uh, run as much as you can and all that kind of thing. But uh, in my experience, it's really important just to... Um, you know, obviously get your practice in and get everything down, have everything prepped, but you need to, you know, get your sleep and, and stay fresh, especially if you want to do good, because it's really easy to stay up for, you know, 18 hours or something, and you don't even realize it, and then you get four hours of sleep, and then you have another 18-hour day. So you can only do that so many times in a row, and then you're you're pretty done. So you got to take your sleep when you can get it. Wow. Wow. Well, I suppose it, it sort of reminds me of like going back to having when my little lad was young and sort of sleeping when you can rather than yeah, yeah, exactly. A reasonable time. Yep. Um, okay, and 
so there, there's your thoughts of PMB. Um, but you know, you had a, a, a I'm gonna say a great result um, in in Nitro Truggy. Yeah, uh, yes. So I started fourth in in truck. Um, I so at that race we have Joker lanes, which uh, you get three of them for a thirty minute race. It cuts out about seven seconds in a lap. Yeah, uh, yeah, you we, can we've, use all, them. we've all seen the coverage. Yeah, and you so you can use them whenever. So I went into there into the race with a strategy of just use them as needed. I didn't really have a certain strategy of taking them at the beginning, taking them at the end. Um, so it happened that me and Dakota Fend actually ended up being on a really close strategy. Um, so I got out to the lead early, and a few guys used their Joker lanes, and I uh, was technically running in seventh at the time. But counting in joker lanes and stuff, I was still battling for the lead and just tried to keep my head down and keep on doing fast laps. And um, then at the end, I uh, ended up using my joker lanes and me and Dakota were pretty close. I think he uh, had a basically perfect race and I had a couple little mistakes um, and ended up just second by I think right around seven to ten seconds behind him. Um, so that, I mean, that was good. I was in the hunt for the, the win the whole time. Um, just maybe one or two mistakes away from it. Uh, and then buggy, I qualified ninth, um, was in fourth at the end of the first lap, made my way to the lead at the end of the sixth lap. Um, oh, hang on. I'm going to have to say, I watched that. We, we were watching that live on Facebook. Um, and I got very confused because on our system, it showed Ryan Cavalieri was winning for the first three laps and, and we couldn't see him. Yeah, uh, so he actually uh, flamed out, I think, on the first lap right after the big center triple. Um, uh, so I'm not okay. sure if he got you know dragged across the line and got that lap counted or something. Um, right. But he was basically out of it right after the first lap. So um, I think just a little scoring hiccup there. But, um, but yeah, anyway, so I got in the lead at the end of the sixth lap. Uh, started to get a little gap and, um, you know, just was... Uh, clicking, clicking laps out front, and um, I was decently close on fuel the entire time. Uh, I, I used the headsets uh, with me and Matt Walter as my pit guy, um, so we can talk about you know how much fuel I used and how much is left in the gun and so on. And uh, the first two pit stops, I was decently close on fuel, um, but at that time, you know, leading the race and it's going to end up being pretty close. You can't really lay up, you know, um, so. Uh, going to the last pit, um, he called me in at about, I want to say like 2235, 2240 into the race. Mm -hmm. And I had asked how long I ran on that tank. And he said, uh, that I would be right around 705 coming in. Uh, the previous runs I had went about 745 to 750 on a tank. Um, and the lap time was about 45 seconds. So if I went one extra lap, I'd be about the same time that I did on the extra, on the other two runs. Okay. So, uh, I was afraid that if I pitted the lap early, that I would leave too long of a run at the end and possibly run out the end, run out at a fuel at the end of the race, you know, possibly battling for the lead or whatever. So I made a call to go one extra lap on the, uh, last pit stop and, uh, called off the pit stop the lap before and um, got about three quarters of the way around and just ran out. Um, so 
that cost me big time, but uh, in the end, it was my call, and I got to live with my call. So, um, can't. In the moment, I was going for the win, and I uh, I wasn't wasn't gonna lay up and try to double pit the end with just because of uh, close fuel. But yeah, going for the win and going for the win it cost me. <clears throat> well, yeah, you, you definitely went for it. Um, I think from our view. And the camera's kind of fit far back to watch up P and B. You know, you, you seem to just go over that sort of double near the. I don't know if it would be back right hand side for you going back into the track. And then I didn't know whether you'd broke or something. You just stopped, and of course, I, I think I was thinking that oh, Joe be on the Joe Joe be on a, on Tuesday. We can speak to Joe about his win. And I'm like, where's Joe gone? What's he doing? Yeah. So uh, whenever you're running low on fuel, you can kind of feel the engine get a little bit leaner and. Uh... You know, you can, from experience, you can kind of tell when you're running low on fuel. And I, I went through the center section, and I started to kind of get a bad feeling. And uh, the engine had a little bit more power because it was leaning out, running out of fuel, and then coming out of that corner before the, the corner jump that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, going up to it, the engine sputtered, and as soon as it did, I just I knew I was out. Landed, uh, had one little last burst of uh, of power, and um, then it, it, it died. So I tried to steer my car directly to a marshal. I uh, told Matt I was out and knew just in that one second that my race was over. Wow. I, know, I, I noticed just before, uh, just before you uh, ultimately sort of ran out of fuel, that you're that T- Tebow was he was closing the gap quite fast, but it, it was kind of the lap. Just before, I think it was, you were having a nightmare with back markers. Every time he went over a jump, someone was in the way. Every time he went around a corner, someone was in the way. And I, I, even I was screaming at the TV, like, get out of the way! Move! <laughs> like, what, what, at that moment, what are you thinking? Uh, in the moment, you know, you got to try to keep a cool head. Um, you know, obviously, there's uh, about a 16, I think, 16-car field. So um, at those races... It, there's going to be a little bit of a gap uh, in speed and talent and stuff in the in the main. Um, not too bad, but um, a little bit where you know we're we're lapping them, you know, pr- pretty quick. Um, so you just kind of got to go in there knowing that there's going to be some problems. You got to try to you know be smart, take it whenever the, the uh, take the position or the you know the corner whenever they they give it up and. Um, and I'll watch their car as much as you're watching your your own car to, you know, see if they're going to come into your line or whatever, and just be patient and uh, not get yourself messed up in the same time. But in the moment, you know, you, you're you're tense and stuff, but you got to keep a cool head and just take it as it comes and not get uh, overreacted. Wow. Nice. So looking at the track, and I'm going to say I don't know if this is your catch catchphrase, but did, did the track develop a lot of character? Easy on the character word. I don't like that word. <laughs> <laughs> mm. um, the track developed some bumps. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the PNB track, you know, it, it's kind of notorious for being rough. Uh, back when it was in Georgia, probably I think the last year we were there was 2015. Uh, the building in Georgia that they had that, the uh, dirt was a lot looser. Um, and the track just got super, super rough. Like the roughest track that you've ever seen in your life. Um, this what? new building that we're at in Tennessee, um, the dirt packs down a lot better and uh, stays together a lot better. Um, 
So there's not a whole lot of bumps that come up. There's a couple little areas, but for the most part, it's pretty smooth. Um, this year, there was a little rough section coming onto the front straight. Um, and then maybe like just in some areas that we, you know, would land and the cars would impact in the dirt and creating little holes and stuff. But uh, overall, not too bad. Um, yeah, the, tra- the track was overall pretty smooth. That, that rhythm section seemed to um, catch a lot of people out. Yeah, that was really tough. Um, that was a big talking point through practice, trying to figure out what the best thing to do was. Um, it actually got better through the weekend as the more cars went through it and the, the loops kind of got cupped out a little bit. Um, kind of created its own little rhythm and the faces got to shoot your car higher rather than forward that it did in the beginning of the weekend. Um, and then you kind of just, you know, the more times through it you got better at it and learned what you needed to do and where you needed to be in there. So I kind of, I struggled with it probably halfway through qualifying and most of the way through practice. Um, I had kind of a plan on what I wanted to do through it. Um, carrying out that plan was, was pretty tough. Um, but then in the, the mains, I uh, figured out something that I liked and it seemed to work for me and I could do it consistent and that was the biggest thing. Uh, even if it was a little bit slower, if you could do it every lap, that was the thing to do. So um, I think in the Truggy main, I had it pretty good. Uh, in the Buggy main, I had it. I made up a lot of time there. I know Tebow was also really good in there. Um, but yeah, I, in, in the mains, I felt felt comfortable and I had my a good line through there. And then, of course, nice. um, you know, your, your teammate uh, Tebow takes the win. Um, ha- do you have to pretend to be happy for him or, you know, you think that, that could have been mine? Yeah, you know, uh, there's a lot of times where um, in racing, you know, you have, a, you know, multiple guys on a team that are, you know, either going for the win or battling for the win. Uh, one guy has a bad race, one guy has a good race. Um, you know, in in my instance, I had, you know, the my mind just screaming inside of me and uh you know wanting to just punch something but then you have jared that just won the race and he's excited so and you have to be professional you have to be um you know try not to show much uh emotion i guess um but then you have to also be you know happy for your teammate in the in the moment that he won a big race so um you know i came back i I went off on my own a little bit and and settled down and uh, came back and shook Jared's hand and congratulated him and talked about the race and stuff. But, um, you know, congrats to him, and I I wish that was mine. Yeah, so a a bit of hurt drives you on because you you had a a decent end to 2019. Yeah, I've had a, a, you know, I had a really good year in 2019. Um, Had a bit of a rough year in 2018. Um, but last year I had a lot of solid results. I won Silver State, uh, won a Electric Truggy National Championship. Um, had a lot of you know good solid results all year. A lot of podiums. Um, so you know coming into 2020, I wanted to you know kind of keep the ball rolling. Um, started off a couple rough 10 scale races. Um, 10 scale isn't really my thing. I just was doing it on the side a little bit, but. Um, so that that didn't really bother me a whole lot just because I know that's not my main thing. And then I really wanted to do well at, at the Dirt Nitro Challenge. Um, I made 
the truck main, I, I forget what I got. I, I want to say like seventh maybe in truck. Um, sixth, sixth or seventh in e-buggy. And then had a rough weekend in nitro buggy and didn't make the final. But I um, was pretty upset with that. Um, you know, kind of took... I thought about that weekend for quite a while. Uh, right before the uh, whole COVID-19 pandemic came came in and shut everything down, I went to uh, Washington State and went to a race called the Holiday Hangover. Um, I had a really good weekend there. I TQ'd and won all three classes. Uh, so that was a kind of good rebound to get me out of my little rut that I had after DNC. Um, and then uh, we, we got shut down for, you know, what, three months. Um, this was basically the just- first... And you just jumped your monster truck over your shed. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we got shut down, and we uh, we still wanted to. You know, I still wanted to do my job and promote techno and promote uh, Proline and Tekin and all my sponsors and everyone. And um, so, you know, we couldn't go to the track and go racing. I had a monster truck sitting there, so I was like, "Hey, I'll make some cool videos with a monster truck," and uh, you know, still got to promote my sponsors and and have some fun doing it. So build a cool wood ramp and. Uh, jumped from my parents' house and took it to a local park and jumped some stuff and yeah, I just had <clears throat> had some fun and, and sent it and uh, yeah, all, all that kind of thing. But um, yeah, since March, I, I uh, this is the first big race coming off that holiday hangover sweep and uh, really put a lot of work in uh, since stuff opened back up about the beginning of June uh, that I could get back to the track and, and kind of you know continue a normal life. Um, Put a lot of work in a nitro buggy and, and just nitro in general. And, so, you know, so, with, sorry. so when you say, sorry, sorry for interrupting as always, but yeah. when you say put work in, what, what work is Joe Bornhorst putting in to, to be faster or be better? Um, trying to, you know, be at the track as, and do, do as many laps as possible. Um, you know, testing, set up things, making myself more comfortable, getting wheel time, um, you know, keeping my cars prepped. There's a lot, even for practice. I think it's really important to practice like you race. So um, that means having your cars prepped and rebuilt, um, having them fresh, not worn out. And uh, you know, for me, for a you know big race weekend, I'll take about eight hours to ten hours, basically a full full day to prep one single eight scale car. Um, so even if I go practice for a day and run, you know, half. The three quarters of a gallon or something that's a, a big day um your car the car needs gone through and so you have another full day and in, in rebuilding it and working on it and then back to the track and then rebuild it and go back to the track and so on so um it's a grind but i i put a lot of time in in june in the beginning of july and um just practiced and got comfortable with my driving and got, got comfortable with my setup and just fine-tuned things and um then took a a lot of time to completely go through my cars and and race prep them for PNB since um, basically all of our other big races were canceled for the summer. I I wanted to really go into PNB prepped and ready, and um, you know treat it as almost our nationals because our our nationals got canceled and so on. But um, yeah, there's a there's a lot that goes in behind the scenes um, for a big race and for professional nitro driver but um a lot of work that goes that goes unseen do you do you you have um, for us i like i don't obviously 
how many how many hours do you spend at one track during the day? But if you were just going for testing and practicing and so uh, I I'm lucky to have a track pretty close to my house called Beans RC. Um, it's at a local motocross track that I grew up riding at, and uh, I was friends with the owner, and he got into RC and built a super legit eight scale track. It's only about 15 minutes from my house. So uh, usually a, a practice day will uh, start, you know, about 9 a.m., and then um, the earliest usually I'll I'll leave is about five. The latest, you know, would be dark. Um, so anywhere at least eight hours to 10 hours you put in a day. And then you come home and eat dinner and go to sleep and get back to work the next day. Do you do you tend to take more if you've run just running um, buggy? Do you tend to take more than one car, or is it just is there just one sole car for that day? Usually, I'll try to stick to one car a day. Um, sometimes I will go. Uh, I'll take two if I just maybe have a little bit to test on one car, and then I want to you know start testing on another car. Um, okay. but usually I try to stick to one car a day. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm just quickly looking through some pictures that of Beans RC. Um, I'm doing the same. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I mean, I mean, you guys have some crazy names for your tracks and like your, your race events. Like you say, like Psycho Nitro Blast, you've got, like you say, Beans RC and then the Holiday Hangover. That, the names are crazy. Maybe we in the UK and stuff need to make crazy names for our tracks and series uh, events yeah so beans um it's there's a motocross track on site also uh it's been there for probably at least 20 years um it's it's always been called beans road raceway and it's um just off of beans road um that's what how the name came about um and then but yeah as far as, as far as the races and stuff there's definitely some uh unique names um you'll just kind of get some attention and all that kind of thing towards a race but yeah. i mean even even the, even the like the smaller events that obviously some of the some of the pro guys don't go to like especially around sort of like thanksgiving and christmas some of their names are crazy yeah i mean anything to get attention and uh you know more entries and that kind of thing so mm. yeah so uh, what i was just about to go to was <clears throat> what you did before you became a um, an R- a pro RC driver is you were a, I'm not a motorsport but you were a motocross rider yeah uh, so my dad grew up racing and riding dirt bikes and uh, so naturally I got into it as at a young age um, at about two and a half years old I got a small little four wheeler and started to learn you know how to turn and hit the gas and all that kind of stuff and then uh, at age four I got uh, started in racing a a 50cc dirt bike and then went on to um then you know at age 17 i was racing uh the 250 and 450 pro classes uh just kind of at a local level uh, a little bit of a regional level um with aspirations of possibly trying to get my pro license and um trying to like privateer supercross races or you know the, the national motocross series or something mm-hmm. um I was never going to be a factory rider or anything like that, but I um, always had dreams of just trying to go and, and make the gate at a race of, of some sort. But um, yeah, then at age 17, I uh, suffered a really bad accident to my lower left leg and 
broke both bones in my ankle and um, yeah, very severely. I uh, almost lost my lower leg in the you know in the aftermath of it. Wow! And went through about fifteen surgeries. Was on crutches for about two and a half years. Was in a wheelchair for about six months at the beginning. Jesus. Um, it was a it was a long road, but uh, in that you know I um pretty quickly realized that I was done racing motocross because I was never going to have the same function out of my left ankle that I had before. <laughs> so uh, then I would say about a year after I got hurt, I got hurt in September of 2010. Uh, about a year after that, I got my first uh, RC car just to as something to do. And uh, it was a ready-to-run SC10. And... Uh, Started playing around with my buddies. We made a little backyard track. There was about 10 of us that all had two-wheel drive short course trucks. And um, then just kind of naturally, slowly started to snowball from there. Started, you know, found our local track and uh, did a couple little club races. And then um, I wanted to take it farther. So then I started to travel a couple hours away and find more tracks and bigger races and then moved into eight scale and then quickly went to nitro and uh from there moved to um you know the starting to chase the national races a little bit as a privateer and within my first i think four nitro races it was i was at a roar national just trying to throw myself in the deep end and see where i ended up right and uh Ended up making the quarterfinals at my first Roar National, and uh, then started to get recognized a little bit at you know just at local regional level, and uh, got picked up by Serpent, and did a couple uh, about a year and a half with them, and then Techno approached me, and uh, then you know did a little testing trip with them, and then decided to sign on with them at the end of 2014. Um, at the time, had been racing for about three years. Um, so, have, had you not had you not done any racing before then? R- RC racing. RC racing. No, not at all. Zero. Well, I'm going off you very quickly here, Joe. Yeah, yeah, I won't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I progressed pretty quickly. Um, went from no racing to signing a. Um, professional contract within about three years um so the whole whole rumor about having to have natural talent doesn't exist really then in rc i mean i think you Ooh. do yeah um you know i i believe that uh progressing quickly that's because of natural talent um i also think that's because of uh growing up i like to play video games and i like to race dirt bikes and rc cars you know eight scale off-road is a more or less dirt bike video game just in real life. Um, as, a, that, as a good analogy. Yeah. And uh, I think I picked that up pretty quickly because of that. And then um, signed on with Techno at the end of 14, and it's been great. Um, I'm in my, what, fifth, sixth season with them now. Um, and we keep on progressing. We keep on making our cars better. Uh, the yeah, team. It's the team is, you know, PMB. Obviously you, Jared. Seth Van Dalen, you know, podiums, top fives, A mains, all the way through. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have a, a great team right now. We have 
Uh, also, Jared Wiggins. Yes, sorry. Uh, he, he works. Yep. Uh, he works hard on the uh, setup stuff and gets to test and try a lot of stuff. And uh, then Van Dalen, he's coming up for sure. Um, he's kind of breaking onto the scene in the last about two years or so. Um, and then, of course, Jared, he's been around forever. Um, and then uh, I've been you know, making mains and stuff now for about five years or four years. So, um, yeah, we have a great team. And then we have Matt Walter there, our team manager. He goes to most of the races with us and just, uh, you know, he'll help with pitting, help with wrenching, brings part support. So we have everything we need. Um, we have a good friend, David Scott at the, at most of the, the races. He has a trailer for us to pit in and has part support and, you know, brings food and all kinds of stuff. It, just the the whole techno team in general is just a it's a great atmosphere to be a part of. Um, yeah, we, we, there's a I would say there's a strong. We're not eight. I'm not an eighth boy, but there's a lot a lot of techno sort of support in the UK done by RPRC and Dan Austin and uh, and I think Mitch Booth won the electric one um, eighth national this weekend apparently. Um, so one of the things then. So if you're I'm a massive fanboy, okay, Joe. I love all yeah. RC. I love all our RC drivers. So, the dream maybe for me is to be sat in a little room and Jared Tebow being sat next to me. You know, but do you sometimes see guys like me just come up and look doughy eyed at Jared, and you just go, "He's just a fellow I work with." Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's if you've not had the the fanboy bring upbringing that we've had. Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, you know even that happens with myself sometimes where you know people want my my autograph or want a picture with me or anything like that, and then uh, um, I kind of think twice, and it, it's it's a special moment because you know you realize that you're doing something something good, um, but then you know you. Uh, at one point, I was the same. You know, I thought that um, Jared Tebow and Ryan Mayfield and Ryan Cavallari and Adam Drake were, you know, gods. And uh, I was the same fanboy, and I was afraid to talk to them at one point and all that kind of same thing. And then, you know, as you continue to progress and um, start racing against them and then start wanting to beat them, and then, you know, you get to the point where you're mad if they beat you. Um, they just become another normal person in your life, and uh, so I, I, I can think, see I I'm can see both sides. I'm not going to write that down as a goal. I'm not going <laughs> to write down as a goal. Yeah. Okay, I, when I beat the Drake, <laughs> I, I definitely understand both sides because I was there. Um, I, I went through it, and uh, now to be on the other side, to where you know it's almost like some people are nervous to talk to me and want to ask me for my autograph or picture or whatever. Um, I, I take that as a special moment, and. Uh, I I appreciate those moments because I was on the other side also, and um, you know, in the end of the day, all I'm doing is racing RC cars and trying to make my RC car go fast, and uh, you know, I'm still just a normal person. I come home and have a house and a fiance, and I still have to take the trash out, and I still have to, you know, sweep the <laughs> carpet, and and I, you know, I have all the normal things, and uh, on the weekends, I just get to go make an RC car go fast. But um, I I totally get both sides there. Uh, questions when anyone mentions their partners, I always go, "What does your fiance say to her friends about what what you do?" Oh yeah, he, he races toy cars. But clearly, that's what a normal job. 
Yeah, so uh, actually my, my fiance Nicole Himes, um, her parents own a hobby shop, and that's how I met her. Um, so the local hobby shop in Strasburg, Ohio called Magic Hobbies, uh, that was my first sponsor. And uh, um, start, they had a track there, and I would be there practicing quite a bit. And then uh, in turn met Nicole and uh, started to talk to her a little bit. And then we started dating and, you know, things of, uh, you know, now we're getting married on October 3rd this year. But, uh, Joey, you know, did you get your invite? <laughs> I, it must, it must have been lost in the mail, um, I think. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, we're not I getting mean, invites to that. It's it's not easy just to post things like we can post things like <laughs> it has to come over by, via a plane and then has to get go. Yeah, yeah, it's in yeah, the post somewhere. Get easy, <laughs> get lost easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, yeah. If so now, slides, uh, we might be all right. <laughs> but so she's been around it her whole life, so she understands it. Um, I've been traveling since we've been together, so. Um, she understands that this is my job and I have to take it seriously and I'm going to be gone does, a lot. And, um, does she, she travel with whole... you? No, she, she stays home. Uh, she has to work quite a bit. Um, she works ah. retail, so she works on weekends quite often and it's Ugh. hard for her to get off, get off work enough to go, go to the races, but she'll go to some local stuff whenever she can. Um, but she understands the whole racing thing. Um, and you know, it's, it's a different lifestyle and, um, mm. it, She's been around it her whole life. Her her dad raced uh, asphalt uh, stock cars, and uh, then opened up a hobby shop. And she's been around RC and racing her whole life. So um, she she explains it well. But you definitely get some some weird looks whenever someone asks you what you do for for work, and you say I race RC cars, and they're like, "You can do that for a job." <laughs> yeah, I, I get that when when I start a new job, and I say, "Oh, I have to." I go racing at weekends and stuff, and they're like, "Oh, so it's just a bit of fun." I said, "Yeah, but there are people who are professionally paid to do this on a week, like a weekly basis." They're like, "Wow, like, can I go and get one?" I said, you "Do what you like. You're an adult, but you're not going to probably get pro within the first year of driving a car." Joe yeah. did. Joe did. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, 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 there's except there's exceptions. Okay, there's exceptions, but it's oh, it's more tough whenever you go to apply for like a car loan or. Uh, you know, a mortgage or something like that, and they ask yeah, you what your proof of employment is, and you say I race RC cars, and they just look at you. But don't you, don't you just get your Facebook page out and go look, look, four hundred and sixty <laughs> <Yeah>. people. <laughs> Some of these people are in England, and they know who Joe Bornhorst is. Mate, <laughs> uh, it must be amazing filling visa applications and things along those lines. So yeah. Um, what what's the what's the have you have you got a plan for the year? Is it you're gonna support your local track? Are you just gonna see what big events occur in the US this year and just do them? Or you know it was a world year, so yeah. Um, so basically the the plan is right now just to um, you know keep your eyes and ears open and um, continue to just see what's coming up. I know there's a couple races planned later in the year, like the AMS is planned for November. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a uh, big race at LCRC called the Mugen Challenge that usually draws about three to four hundred entries, mm-hmm. and that's in Pennsylvania, which is about five hours from me. Um, keep an eye on that to see what's going on there. The Wicked Weekend, uh, which is put on by the same people that put on PNB, um, 
that's going to go on, I think, in about a month. I'm not sure what our plans are with any of those races, but um, we're just kind of playing it by ear and going with what, what we have. And then um, as far as myself, um, my plan is just to stay ready and and uh, stay sharp on my driving and, and uh, keep everything keep everything going. So whenever the opportunity does come up to go to a race, I'm ready and I can go. So With the ob- obvious, I don't, obviously I don't know how the guys you guys in the US are with your travel and stuff because obviously a lot a lot of your travel in, in, involves airports i'm assuming mm-hmm. is it are you finding are you you picking and choosing the 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 events that aren't 14 hour drives whereas obviously they would have been like a 2 hour plane ride or yeah just... so um luckily a lot of the races that are happening um like the PNB the you know the ones that i i mentioned um, mm-hmm. All the the bigger races are within a driving range of me. Um, Hang on, Joe, Joe, that's your driving range. I think. Would you would you travel time to P and B about eight hours? About seven, yeah. Yeah, you can drive like twice round England for that boss. <laughs> yeah, uh, anything that's you know around eight hours, uh, eight hours or below, I usually drive to because um, you have you would have that and you know going to the airport two hours early mm-hmm. and traveling and. You know, connecting flight maybe, and then getting in your rental car and driving to the track. You'll, I mean, you're gonna have seven, eight hours in it anyways. So, um, if you drive straight from home, you can, you know, load your truck down, bring everything you want, and it's just as easy to drive to. Um, even in years past, I've driven to PNB, you know, just because it's only seven hours away. But you, you must um, be taking a lot of toilet breaks and gas breaks. No, actually none. <laughs> what? <laughs> No, I, uh, I don't think we want to know, Joe. Joey, I don't think I, we want to know, Joey. I can barely do like an hour's drive without needing to stop for a toilet. Or oh, Jesus, I think you need your prostate checking, Joey. <laughs> no, I, I grew up, uh, you know, driving to races and stuff. So um, I've, I've you trained your bladder it. well. <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> um, but I made a joke to the techno guys yesterday that. Um, I stretched my fuel mileage on the way home and barely made it, but it didn't run out today. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, made it made it on no stops yesterday. Nice. That's brilliant. Okay, Joe. Uh, well, you know we've had you for for ages. Thanks very much for coming and chatting about your your P and B experience. You know what you got yeah. me here, and just some sort of general thoughts. Um, you know we've enjoyed our time, but before we let you go, do you just want to sort of? outline go through and thank your sponsors and people who've helped you yeah of course um so of course i gotta thank techno rc um they picked me up back like i said at the end of 14 and have supported me every step of the way uh they've been great danny the owner and matt and uh just everyone from the guys that sh- uh, ship stuff out in the the warehouse to even the teammates are just it's a great atmosphere to be in uh pro line i started with them in 2016 they've been right with me every step of the way since then and uh, keeping my my tire situation all prepped and ready to go. Um, Block Engines is through Techno RC. I've been uh, running them for a couple of years, and that's been awesome. Uh, Tekin, I, I've been with them since the beginning. That's the only electronics I've ever ran, and uh, I don't. I have no plan on on leaving them. Um, MKS Servos, they've been awesome. Uh, Protech and AmainHobbies.com, those are kind of together, but uh, they've. I, been with them a couple of years now and that's been that's been great futaba is new this year for me um switching over to the 7px 7pxr um had to learn at the beginning of the year but now i'm super comfortable with it and it's been great uh vp fuels the, uh 
switched over to them in last year and so uh, about two years now it's been awesome jtp for my shock oil and diff oil uh jared supplies all that stuff to me that's the um, best oil that's the best oil I, I i get that now in the uk and i think it's yeah. flown from like europe to jared's house mm-hmm. and then he puts it in a different box and then it flies back to my house yeah it's been great um and then avid for all my bearings serious designs my friend brad Shear paints all my bodies for me and then boom rc is uh mike garrison and Brittany garrison they do all my stickers for me and uh yeah that's uh, i have a, a great program put together i think it's the best of uh best of the best that i can put together and um definitely worthy of winning races and uh, battling for national and world championships so um gotta keep myself ready and uh, whenever this COVID stuff lets up a little bit, but get back on the the circuit and get going to all the big races and try to get some wins. Mate, that's brilliant. Um, Joe, it, it's been great. I, we'll bother you again in about six months' time. Uh, yeah, anytime. So, let me know. Thank you very much. I'm normally very good. Now that you've been on, I'll literally just leave you alone now. Uh, <laughs> and you'll just get a message in like seven months. Uh, you're free on Tuesday afternoon. Um, <laughs> That's great. Thanks very much. So, thanks very much for your time, and we'll catch up here um, later this year. Is that okay, boss? Yeah, sounds great. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, anytime, let me know. Cheers, Joe. All right, cheers. Thanks, buddy. Well, that was great speaking to Joe Bornhorse. Really nice for him to join us straight after his podium and great performance at the the PNB. Um, not before, I just really enjoyed the last sort of thirty five minutes speaking to Joe. Um, I'm gonna, Joey. Did you go racing this weekend? Uh, unfortunately, no. I am yet to enjoy more than one day at track. Oh, is it that that just work issues and your shifts and oh. things like that? Yeah, unfortunately, oh. I'm still essential as it as it were. You're essential here. You're essential there. You know, we've just got to make the rest of the country just needs to make sacrifices. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to jump straight in before we, you know, all the listeners come back to listen to Martin Owen's A final. Um, and talk, just talk briefly, talk about our meeting on Sunday at Southport. We had a, uh, a 6K racing, um, not the national. I didn't really realize that until the end of last week that that would have been the date that the Southport national was on. Uh, I'm sure, guys, if you've seen Facebook, you know, the, the holes came up. I was matching the holes versus the Holdsworth for a for a bit of competition. Unfortunately, they're all nice kids and they all get on. So there was no fisticuffs <laughs> or fighting on the rostrum, which is, you know, probably a good thing because of social distancing. But, you know, that's what me and Borley were trying to do, trying to get a bit of angst between them. Um, it, was a, a really, it was only our second meeting at Southport since we've come back. Uh, but I thought we've learned. We learned a lot from our first meeting. We sort of kept things even more COVID secure. Uh, the weather was great. Um, I borrowed an old set of Tommy's like worn silvers for for practice. Um, car was ace because the track was a bit damp. But then on just just silvers all uh, sorry yellow darts all day. Really good. Um, really nice to have. Sort of the Northwest Schumacher team helping us out, and Chris Norris making us some lovely coffees uh, in a socially distant outside coffee shop. Um, that was really nice. 
uh, everyone would have enjoyed it, except Jerry because there wasn't enough concrete. Um, but the meeting ran really well, and we're really looking forward. Southport's now open every Sunday, assuming we don't get locked down or something like that. So it, it looks like it's great. We've got five or seven car heat, seven car finals. Uh, Gareth Hollis from 6K, uh, when you saw how sort of how big of a meeting it, it's not really big because there was only like 50 people there, but how big of a meeting it turned into. was happy to get involved and give us sort out some raffle prizes. And I think that's maybe what we'll do as well with this thing. Then if anyone else, any other shops or anything along those lines want to get in contact and help us with some raffle prizes for a, a meeting just for our members for all the things, that's what we're going to do. Um, everything, everything worked well. Um, and I was, oh, I was terrible. Why is um, that? Um, I, I just struggled, even though the, the track was much easier than last week. It was really, really fast. I don't know if that was a, a decision by the track team to try and make it more difficult for the holds world, the holds words and the halls, make a, a fast track. But I, I just made, probably only made one error a run, but if I did, I just made the worst error, totally under pressure. Uh, under no pressure and then in the final um, I was car one which is never good because I never ever got out and managed to take out second in the third corner good work yeah really nice you know I, I opened the door twice for him and the third time he opened the door and he went through I off. Uh, obviously I just ran out of talent I didn't mean to do it but you know and then of course I thought, well, I've got to wait because it's Pete Hastings, who's, I think he'd had a terrible day qualifying to be behind me. Um, I thought, well, I'm just going to sit here and wait. Marshall and Pete Hastings, so I sat there and waited to the very end. Um, but it was good. Um, the, the final was, I think it was, was my quickest run. Um, I don't know whether Southport needs more running. But it was a bit dusty. Some of the quick boys were digging out ball diff. Um, I don't know what it is. I don't know because we haven't done a lot. Of... I think I think Luke Holdsworth. No, sorry, Josh Holdsworth and Luke back to a, a gear diff in their final. And you know, Josh looked really quick, but I don't know. Hopefully, I, I'm trying to think. Did I say the same thing last year when we first went out? The track was a bit dusty. Maybe it needs to get ran I again. I think you did. To be fair. And I think we're talking about we might need to walk a bit. Of... I don't know. We'll see how we get on. Um, we've got another full meeting this um, Sunday. Berry's open, so that's great. That helps us all. Uh, and I should say that as one of the reasons why we were full of had eight heat at Southport on Sunday. Whereas the Berry guys, again, who cov- covered the entire Northwest with their socially distanced practicing and opening the meetings before. Uh, and ran them brilliantly. You know, they decided to have a week last week, and they came to Southport for a sort of a day. Um, and so they're sat barrier back up and running. So um, I think we've still got seven eight of seven at Southport, and I'm sure better something similar. So really good, really nice. Uh, everyone's having a great time. I should say that um, the guys from the bar have got some Durham County Club. They're running on grass. Uh, I think their first meeting's book fully booked. I think um, la- the other week where we had Alan and Duncan on, 
Glasgow have released their first meeting date on their new graphic. Um So that's there. So everything seems to be open. Is Kidderminster open next week or the week after? Do we know? Oh, no, no, I've not looked. I think I think Kidderminster's open. Uh, I know Telford. So we are all really getting, you know, most of one-tenth. I don't know how many big meetings we're going to have. I don't think it's the right thing. Maybe sometimes have big meetings. But 110 seems to be back on the road. But that's enough from me. And clearly the highlight of our show. Um, Joey, have you ever made a National A final? No. Martin has. How did your weekend go, Martin? Yeah, I Hang on. Hang on. Hang on a second. Before we start bashing the shit out of me because I've not made an A final, let's just point out that this technically technically wasn't a national. Nonsense. But Nonsense. I'm not taking there anything were, away from Martin. There were, I think there were more... Maybe these are the questions you'd ask. I think there was more people at this mini e-buggy truggy national than there normally is, wasn't there? There was, yeah. So Yeah, I, but I, I personally put that down to the state of the world. Well, I'll not be funny, Joe. You can put it down to anything you want. I clearly it was uh, you know, Elliot was there, lots of, you know, the you know, the good Skidmore brother was there, the bad <laughs> Skidmore brother was there. Um, loads of people seem to be there. So Martin, uh, one thing that my first question was, what was like the format of the week? Because there seemed to be some practice and qualifying on the Saturday. What what was no, going on? It was, just, it was just all practice Saturday. Just it was just a practice day. Oh, right. There wasn't any time practice or anything? We had timing, but it didn't count towards anything whatsoever. Oh, right. Okay. So then, so um, that's what you, that was, was that always your plan because Brookthorpe's nice and close, or is that what you're going to do to the other? Uh, no, we'll do, it. we'll do it. We'll do it all of them. If you, get, if, you ever, if you ever have a chance to practice the day before a race, you take it, I think. That was one one of the always great things about maritime is you could go up and practice all day Saturday and race Sunday. Okay, it, so it makes it worth it. I, I think you gave a glowing review for um, sort of last week. Just as good, better. You enjoy yourself. Everyone's run really well. Yeah, I mean the the club just done an awesome job. I mean, as we all know, there a lot of people clubs don't don't have it. It's a lot of work. Those guys, you know, are, are constantly working on that track to keep it nice. But, yeah, it was well-prepped, well-oiled, very sticky. And um, as good as it was, they, they slightly changed the triple at the back of the uh, track due to uh, it, originally the triple was quite a bit further spaced and it was yeah, a little bit dangerous to marshal. So they've... They made it a little bit easier to do, so there was basically less crashing. Still not that nice to marshal, having had to marshal there, but it was easier to do. Okay. So all day practice Saturday. Yeah. In the dry, nice and dry. It got, it got really nice, grippy, dusty. Got the car set up perfectly for a dry race, and then it rained all night. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, it rained from about nine o'clock at night till about five in the morning. That due to a UK dirt track. And I have to be fair, when they said they were going to turn Brookthorpe into dirt, and Brookthorpe is kind of on the, 
like at the bottom slope of a hill. Yeah. I just went, if it rains, it's going to be a mud bath. And I was wrong. Completely wrong. Because it, to be fair, grew, grew, you know, kind of got up in the morning, went and looked at the trap thinking this is going to be dreadful. And it looked fine. Because okay, I, so you... I guess with the oil and that, the water just kind of sat on top and they just kind of swept it off. Oh, okay. Sounds perfect. So, so is that then straight into qualifying? So now it's what what they did is they they did a they made up a heat listing, which I think you saw and, and said, "Wow, you're in heat one with there was like me, Crompton, um, a couple other people in 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 the first heat." So that'll um that'll be interesting. And yeah, definitely was looked interesting. Yeah, and basically that was a just a practice heat, and then they were gonna take your time, so your overall time from that, to decide which qualifying heat you went into. Okay. And that and that hurt us as well because we were out on the wettest track. I mean, we did go out after the truggies, but the track was at its wettest when we went on it. Okay. And I, and I think Paul got a, ended up 11th in the round, and I think I was like 15th or 16th, but on a stupidly wet track. Well, that, sounds still, that sounds pretty good. But it was still, it's still enough to be in the second from top qualifying heat, so it worked out fine in the end, to be fair. I, I think Paul would probably should have been in the top one because he just was flying. Um, but... Other than that, it seemed to work quite well. And is um was, was Paul Compton running an S work like you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul's uh, also using the S works. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. We, I always like to say this: Was your car similar to Paul's mm, setup wise? No. Did he, you have like a proper he, old man setup on? No, he, uh, he. To be fair, he went a little bit harder on the diff oils and the anti roll bars. I went a little bit softer. Um, and we used different tires. He was using Pro Lines. I was using T Pros, so we had different tires on the cars. Okay, so how, how do you how do you feel you qualified went? It, it, did it feel just like a one tenth national? <laughs> Not really. Um, the the difference is is my qualifying went awful. It really, it started really bad. But the thing is, is you got bump ups, so you know your if your qualifying goes to the wall, you still got a chance. So they they made it quite tough. It was three out of four rounds to count in qualifying. So when you go out and qualifying in the first two rounds and break your car. It's gonna be tough. <laughs> oh, was it your fault? Did you just with your big landings? No, I well, I, I hit a car coming over the triple that was facing the wrong way and broke a shock shaft. And then in the second round, someone landed on my car and snapped the wing off. Ah, but you don't need a wing in eight scale as Ongaro proved. Well, you say that, but I did try driving it without the wing. And it really proved that I had no skill whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> I came over, there's a big sort of double in the middle. I came over that and, and the back end of the car just overtook the front end of the car and just did some sort of forward somersault. 
So, yeah, it just shows you how good Ongaro actually was driving with a wing missing. Okay. And then, so, what was the sort of the S-Works um, uh, team like? Was it was it good to get involved? I know that. Yeah, I mean, with, with the social distancing, everyone, and, and a very wet field, everyone was kind of, Pitting in their own in their own groups as such, but the help. I mean, Elliot was awesome the weekend. You know, you could ask him anything, and he'd go, "Yeah, try this, try that." What he said worked every time. And and, and, and me and Crompton hassled him a lot. The poor guy was probably fed up of the sight of us. So where do you where do you end up? You qualify. I end up qualifying C two right behind um. Harry Mears, the the young lad from down here, that's just so fast. He's what? He's, a, he's, a, he's eleven, and yeah, give him five six months, and I'll just be waving bye. He'll just be gone. Yeah, you can carry his bags. Yeah, I carry. I do that. I do that now. <laughs> so he's he's rapid, but I qualified behind him in the C final. One place. I, I, I was quite happy to get in the seat with only two runs when you really needed three. Right. Lucky enough, in the other two runs, I had a 13 and a 10, so they helped a little bit. How did your final go? Well, I, I, we, we know this. How did your finals go? Well, C final was interesting. I went from second to first to dead last. And then had kind of 12 minutes to try and get it back. And top four bumped up. So quite a few, really. So all you got to do is get it, get it into fourth and, and you're into the next final, which is quite a nice thing to add. Right, okay. Was, was, did it go like e-buggy, chuggy? So was there a gap? It, 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 it Joey was... told us the other week about that he, he, he bumped it last time he went racing Nitro. and He needed a wee. Yeah, there was no, there was, there was no gap between the, I think the E and the D or the D and the C. Those guys were straight into it, but the 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 C to the B and the B to the A had a gap. Okay. So yeah, it was. Um, so I I went got I was ended up dead last. I crashed over the triple like an idiot. The marshal. Mm, I think could have got there, but maybe chose not to. And um, I was dead last. So I just put my head down. And I think with about three minutes to go, I got back up behind Harry. And the poor lad, I think, had the, had the uh-oh. And kind of let me through, I think. Right. And, I, and yeah, and, and bumped up into the B. And then I think I started 12th in the B. Um, went went through the carnage at the start got into fifth or sixth put my head down and got into fourth and i could hear paul below me sort of saying you've got a huge lead don't do anything stupid and i have to admit on the last lap i decided on the triple to to roll it yeah which is a dumb thing to do because there's a story of of i've been told many a times richard cree was one corner away from winning a, a Euros title. And he rolled a jump that he'd been jumping all day. And uh, were you there, Jerry, when this happened? I don't think so. Yeah. Not if and, it was a Euros. And and he basically uh, crashed on the last corner because he tried to roll it. 
Wow. So I, I, I kind of rolled it and, and drove really slow just to be told by Paul and a few others is, yeah, the guy had already finished, so you could have done what you wanted to do. Oh, you could have flown it. <clears throat> yeah. So, you could um, have thrown a sick whip. So there you are. A final. Where, where do you start? Last. 14th. Perfect. Wow. Nothing to lose. But it, did it take anything out of you? You know what I mean? Funny, you've just you've, you've done a you've done a whole day. Yeah, well, the, the the finals, which is another bone of contention, were fifteen minutes long. Oh right, yes, yeah, we can sort that out after you've talked about it. Um, so yeah, so I'd done half an hour's worth of racing, which you know, in nitro buggy world, is nothing. That's like that's like a warm up. But for us tenth boys, that only do five minutes, fifteen, you know. I'd done half an hour's racing and I had about 10. No, I think I think I'd like a, still had like a half an hour break because the Truggy A final. Okay. But um, yeah, kind of had to regroup and get the nerves back together and, and, and figure out what to do. And um, yeah, I went out in the A and I got up to about eighth, ninth or eighth place and, and basically I was shot. My eyes were hurting and the nerves got me and I just kind of drove around and ended up finishing 11th. So, Mate, I've I, I, I said this before. I'm super proud. Cheers, buddy. Yeah, it was uh, cool. I mean, it, yeah, like Joey said, yeah, okay, maybe it isn't a true national, but it's still called a mini national and they still have a shitload of injuries. Oh, I'm not taking anything away from and you. And you still got you still got to do it. The only thing is, is I seem to have to do it the freaking hard way i couldn't just go into the ai to do it the hard way yeah but you have plenty more track time you've paid paid your money and you got more track time and, and maybe that paid off i think that paid off in the b final because the c was like a warm-up so you knew the track going into the b okay yeah. so because a couple of the guys that qualified in the b that were in front of me just blew it Right, and you, you're you're probably thinking, oh, I got, I've just done this. Yeah, yeah, you knew you the track. You could tell exactly how the track felt. Where 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 the bumps? You, eighth seems to be a lot about learning where the bumps are and avoiding them or hitting them hard. And then what about um, what about bump ups? Because I suppose they can do that. It's easier to do there. They're running two classes at the same time. Yeah. But let's say the nationals instead of got one of them, can't the one tenth national do bumps instead of running two wheel drive Saturday and four wheel drive Sunday, run, run, run both on the same day. And then you can all have bump ups on there. Yeah, I don't I don't think bump ups work over five minutes though. It's something that they, they they've done at like the fun meetings and stuff at Robin Hood. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it it does work. There are Maybe aspects of where it may not work. I mean, but it's definitely it's definitely a, a um, topic that has been spoken about many times before. I mean, I think tenth needs to stay tenth, and eighth needs to be a little bit different to be eighth. I wouldn't if a tenth e buggy meeting ran like a sorry if a, an eighth e buggy meeting ran like the tenth meeting, and we had three leg finals and all that. I quite enjoyed the longer race. Yeah. But I do agree that 15 minutes is. I mean, I, didn't, I, think, 
I didn't dump because I'm not as fast as like the silly fast guys, but 15 minutes was great if you want to make up places. But if you want to see guys racing fast, they just need to be a bit shorter. And they, they're going to. They have taken, to be fair, they've taken the feedback and they've changed it. I, I feel talking. as if, if, if we try and, like the, if you try and change the eight scale rules to sort of accommodate more towards 10 scale rules, then you can, you, you're going to sort of upset a few people. Because, like you said, if you do it similar to how we do it in 10 scale with three legged A finals, etc., a lot of the guys prefer the bump ups. And, you know, like you said, you've had a, you've had a bit of a shocking day. At least you've got the bump ups to come and progress. Yeah, that, but that, whereas I kind of quite like that, that your day's not blown. Yeah, whereas if you do just three-legged A finals, that means you've made you make the C. You've made the C. There is no a, a, advancement yeah, yeah. to the to potentially make the A or even win the meeting. Yeah, and I, I don't think a lot of eight scale guys will take that one on their chin and be like, "Yeah, that's fine. Let's do it that way." Because a lot of the eight scale guys do it purely and simply because they enjoy the the, the format that they run to currently. An eighth e-buggy is a funny one because it's not nitro and it's not tenth. It's it's kind of sat in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I think we should just. Um, I'm going to say if you want positive, you know, not positive. If you want a, a proper thought about, I'm, I'm not saying. I don't think did I cause the drama regarding the final? Or was the drama? Or... I think. I think. I think the problem is, is I I shared a result of a BBK that wasn't the result. Yeah, yeah, but you you weren't to fully only, know what was going on, so yeah, yeah, that kind of finished. I'm not feeling. I, I I'm happy to take the blame. I just saw a, a BBK result page that had the you know Will Skidmore, the best Skidmore brother, at the top. Yeah, I was yeah. just like, yes, that I'm not being funny. Martin's made the A, and Will's won it. Um, and I think then any discussions around there was caused by me and other people wanting to know what was going on. Um, and I think when I've spoken to people since, and and Lee and um, Lee talks about it on the Nemo Raceway video Monday, even though he wasn't there, his thoughts of it, um, it, it was sorted out brilliantly. No one at the track thought there was a problem because everyone sort of knew what they needed to do to get it fixed. And I think that was a really positive thing. You know, you you, you had a great you had a great time there. Great time today. It's not a it's a bit of drama because nothing else was going on. Yeah. And I think, it seems I, I to think... have sorted out straight away, which is the sign of a good series, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, the, right. I think the RC community in general, when it comes to social media, they, a lot of people are very quick to just start bashing. Or, you know, or, the, the... or, or what the, some people start bashing, or I would say some people just... And, and I'm probably one of the worst. If, if you don't fully understand what's going on, it might seem like bashing, it might seem like something's going on, and actually people are just interested in to know. And I think the comments from a few people where they've said, at the track, it was fine. It was, yeah, clear, I mean, what, it was clear what was going on. We knew what we needed to be done, and everybody's super happy. You know that's been done well, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, I saw the comments and... To be fair, you know, someone said, well, you weren't there or you're not in it. How can you comment? Well, I didn't comment because I was in it and I still didn't understand what was going on. Yeah. And I, I, I think, you know, I don't want to, I don't, you don't ever want to take in away that the fact that the, the, the club 
held an awesome meeting and a great weekend and, and everyone was still smiling come the, the end of it. Yeah, 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 I think we do. And I think, again, one of the great things is, is you just got Facebook warriors like me. Yeah. Kicking something, kicking us, poking someone with a stick when everyone who's actually been to the meeting is probably sat in their cars driving home after having an amazing weekend. Uh, I know I spoke to from TQ Models, Chris Stewart, who went all the way and had an amazing time. Oh, is that, it, is that, is that Mr. Chris? Mr. Chris, yes. Yes, he, he, I didn't ever see him not smiling. No, he loves it. He loves yeah. it. The um, same talents were there. They were smiling their way through it. Um, we were pit, I was pitted with Dom and, and Crompton, and they were enjoying themselves. Everyone just, it, it was relaxed. I th- think, to be fair, I was just glad to be back racing. Yeah. You know. When's the next round? 1st and 2nd of August at Northwest Nitro in Blackpool. You're going to come oh, say hello. I'm definitely, I'll definitely turn up there on a Saturday. Uh, I'll be at Southport on the Sunday, but I'll definitely turn up on Sunday. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of hoping I get, get, get a bit of seeding this time. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't know who runs that event, but I will probably message them now. And Mark doesn't <laughs> deserve any seeding help. I, th- I think yeah. they'll, they'll they'll base they'll be able to. I suppose it's hard for the for the eight guys when they do seeding for for like yourself, Harry Crompton and stuff to turn up. Because they've never seen you at an eight scale meeting before, no, I know. so so you're hoping when you go to Northwest Nitro in a couple of weeks that because you've made the A final, you'll be within the top two heats, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they'll just they'll just take the. I'm sure they'll just take the series and and put you in by that. I'm sure. Yeah, it's, it's what we do at tenth. You know, we all saw Elliot the other year when he came back. Yeah, I mean, he was in with me and Joey. Yeah. Yeah. Poor guy. Poor guy. To be fair, he even made some finals with me at one point. Yeah, I think I raced against him at some point somewhere. And then yeah, Robin, you know, Hood. Even Robin Hood, it was. Some of our region, you know, that's the, there's, there's always that balance, and it depends what the rules are written down as a thing. Yeah. If at Southport, we call it the Colin May issue. If you, remember, uh, you know, yeah. Colin May hasn't picked up a car in six, seven years. But if he does, even if it's a 10-year-old car, you're sitting there going, well, if it's a regionally turns up, you know, why should he take the place of somebody else who's earned the right to be in a good seeding heat? And then you're balancing that up against, well, you know, he's really quick and he can just turn up and do it. So it's always a balance. And obviously, with any sort of national, many national, you go with the rule. I don't feel... Unless unless it's blatantly obvious, you know, like you know, Neil turns up to a meeting and he hasn't raced in like ten years and stuff. You know Neil's gonna be quick straight off the bat, so you stick him in a relatively decent heat. I don't the he's him and Lee and Elliot maybe and obviously the other guys like Danny McGee and stuff that are the exception when you turn up to a meeting and you some of them haven't got a clue who they are and they see them how they think. Other guys I think you play it fair and stick them where they, you know, like Heat 1 or Heat yeah. 2. You know, you don't know who they are just because they raced 14 years ago and made Euro A finals. It doesn't mean shit anymore. No, no, doesn't and I don't, I don't think a lot of people should be given special preference just because their name says. Yeah, only me. Only me. Only I deserve special preference. 
Well, I won't even get. I wouldn't even give you a special preference. Well, I, I mean, by I often go up to race directors and go, oh, "Sorry, you're mistaken. I should be two heats lower." Um, I went down with fast ones. Right, guys. Uh, I got me funny. It, it was great speaking to Joe Ball Horse this week. Yeah. Um, it was great speaking to Darren Bloomfield. Um, last week, I, I, I know personally, I got a lot of feedback um, from Darren's episode. And um, so that, that's been brilliant. Uh, I want to make sure that we did post something up about it being in the top 50 of UK iTunes hobby leisure podcast. That's the first time we've ever done that. Anyone's ever done that, really, I think. Um, and I think we can actually see that from our figures. We, 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 well, I'm sure, look, these people probably only listened for two weeks, two minutes, and then <laughs> went, turned that off because we're not a, a gardening podcast. We're not a World of Warcraft podcast. We're not a, you know, another type of Moses Sport podcast. But, you know, it was really nice to get that. Um, decent milestones recently, and that's obviously, we'd like to thank hashtag the best fans. For the people who you know like what me and Mark, um, Joey says. Um, all, so, all, all joking aside, though, we we put the work in. We you know we do this every Tuesday. You know, we we don't have weeks off days. Day. You know, we don't have a life, so we do this. On a <laughs> you know, but 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 we 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 put as much in as you know as, as the figures tend to give back. Hey, I, I'm just happy to regurgitate the same crap every week, personally. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I mean, fucking bullshit, isn't it? So, honestly, you know, yeah, it is hashtag. The people um, were really good. And, you know, we should thank all the drivers. We're always in a... Um, we're going to thank our sponsors straight after this, but, but we're, we're always in a quandary about whether... In our heads, we chase the next big star if the big star is available, or we try and speak to one of our mates. It, it, it's a, I think that's our most argued about point offer is when I'm sitting there going, But we haven't had this fella on, and he said he might. Um, and you know, if you've got a view on that, say, Hey, carry on, let's get let's go speak to the world stars, or you know, I think we should speak to my mate, or something along Joey's funny mates. I've got loads yeah. of mates. You ain't got any mates. Uh, you just got people you pester on Facebook. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Ty Tessman's still not answering <laughs> messages. Um, but <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he'll be fine. Um, I'll speak to some of the other X-ray people. Um, so, as just my te- favourite... Just, just text Uri and tell him he has to do oh. it. Um, maybe, mate. Maybe. There I've, you I've go. You go, go over Tessman's head and go straight to his boss. In fact, I think I, I think I can probably say I think I've actually spoken to Tessman's boss, not you or I, uh, recently. So I, I think it works well. I think we're really, really happy. If anyone else has ever got any feedback, I, I naturally, um, I always say if even if you think it may be negative, we take feedback really well. Uh, hashtag, hashtag feedback is a gift. Um, if I've ever sent you a message feedback is a gift then that's because I, I want you to be better or do something different and make a bit of effort um, it's a sign of love but most people get feedback as a gift um, so Joey we, we've been too long would you like to thank your sponsors 
Ah, yes. As always, guys, over at Kosher UK and Kosher Europe. Uh, Sean at PBM, Freddy at Factory Fred, Brian at Screws for RC, uh, the guys over at Reds, and always the old man. Brilliant. And Martin. Yes, I'd like to thank the guys at Schumacher, John at RC Art Team, Peter at Answer RC for the S-Works car, Brian at Screws for RC, Rich at RDT Products, Callum at Race Paints, and myself at RC Games, where, funny enough, Joey, you could win a printer and actually print yourself a quick-release gearbox. <laughs> Have you been waiting an hour for that joke? Yes. And I wasn't going to. I, I wasn't going to say it till he degraded my mini national. I was going to keep oh. quiet. Oh. No. So, oh. so yeah. So, Joe, so get on. You can win a three D printer, Joey, and you could print yourself a quick release gearbox for that car of yours. Oh. Yeah, no problem. That's absolutely fine. You'll love it. You'll love it. Love it. Still be quicker than you. Mm, clearly not. I've made an A final at a national. <laughs> yeah, hang on, an A final national that I wasn't even at. Yeah, can't use that, that one. That if, we're, if we're at the same meeting and you beat me, different story. If I didn't even turn up. That's most nationals, isn't it? We can look mm. at the results. It's going to be brilliant. I'm right, going to... Right. Hang on. We'll do it when the recorder goes off. I'm going to thank Hashtag the Schumacher family for looking after me. It was really good to have all the <sighs> Southport and the Northwest. The Holdsworths and Woods and Steve Jones and Rob Jones is coming next week. Um, just to help me out and just go through some thoughts. I might, the thoughts on my Schumacher lay down was to just pull all the weight. Oh, I um, heard a rumor today. Quit and just reminded me halfway through. Go. You might have a surprise guest at Southport next week, and that's all I'm saying. Surprise oh, guest. Okay. Um, I'd also like to thank TQ Models. I know Chris Stewart had a great time at the, the E Buggy Nationals with Martin, and he's also looking forward to being at Northwest Nitro. Uh, I think he wants an X ray. Uh, I think you got a bit of help from the Callans. Thank you, models and the Callans for doing all that. I'd like to thank Vix Paint for my shells, uh, Ryan RPC Products Racing for his great screws, and I think he's got some bearings coming on the way as well. And of course, who else am I forgetting? Kit Jones, a composite kit for basically getting the best hat. I'd like to, at the very end, apologise for everybody in the Schumacher team chat for my constant barracking about why a Schumacher had them fit. Um, that will continue on. Producers of Schumacher that fits me. Please like and share this podcast. Please, please like and share all the podcasts. Though not many of them about now. Probably doing really well. Choice, aren't we? Yay! Lack of choice. Um, and yeah, we'll so they've got no it. choice but to listen to us now. <laughs> that's, that's it, that's it, mate. Um, so thank you, Joe. Thank you, Darren, from last week. Thank you, Joey and Martin next week. Is that okay? Awesome. Awesome. Night night. Bye bye. Bye bye. See you.